Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Spencer wants to know. Spencer wants to know the show. Spencer wants to know is brought to you by the transmigration of the soul and reality TV stars who also have souls. Oh yes, it's, they do. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know to talk. You I can thought, talk. Okay, okay, I'll talk. Hello, so hi. What, what do you think we're talking about today, Spencer? Uh, reality TV yes. and the belief you have that your mom is uh, someone else's son. Uh, yeah, we have a very special guest today. Who I'll introduce to you in a second. But his son, his young son, was actually born the very same day, night, possibly minute that my mom died. Wow. So we're gonna investigate if she she wasted no time. <laughs> she wanted to be alive, yeah, <laughs> in some form. So we're gonna investigate whether or not his son is the reincarnation of my mom. And he said he doesn't know much about reality TV. So we're Shocker. gonna we're gonna quiz him on that. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll waste no more time. I'll introduce him. Our guest is a very talented writer. He's driven me home many times in his Mustang. He Ooh. teaches in the Bachelor of Creative Arts program at Yorkville University. He's the creator of the Milkman of Saint Gaffs an absurdist horror podcast as part of the Rusty Quill Network. And he's a producer on the true crime series, Never Seen Again. Please welcome Chris. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. McClure. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Yeah, years nice and years intro, later, Eli. I still always hear about that Simpsons guy. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I only realized a few weeks ago when we were planning this episode, did you get that a lot as a kid growing up, Troy I, I still get it a lot now. <laughs> But you don't mind it? No, no, not at all. Okay. Uh, So I guess we'll get started a bit. Uh, What was school like for you growing up, Chris? Oh, school for me growing up was, uh, it was horrifying. It was a nightmare. Uh, I, excuse me. I, I, uh, I failed grade one. I was in French immersion. What? And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. My mother had me. I can't uh, believe they would even do that. I can't believe they would even fail a grade one. Well, it was a long time ago, I guess. Maybe it was more normal. There was another girl who also uh, failed uh, with me, uh, Dana. Dana and I both failed grade one. And uh, are you still in touch? I think we're, I think we're Facebook friends, but I don't I don't really think yeah. I've spoken to her too much lately. But uh, yeah, my mother was very young. Uh, she got pregnant with me when she was seventeen, and we were uh, we were in Oshawa, and we were living in. Like government-assisted housing, and so I think the teachers kind of took a dim view of uh, of her and me, and uh, so yeah, it was it was really bad. I don't really, I guess I was very rambunctious, and they thought there were all kinds of problems. They thought I had all kinds of uh, mental problems, so they uh, would send me for various tests. I never got any. I was never put on any drugs, although I was, I probably would be today. But uh, yeah, they sent home special diets for my mom they thought that she didn't know how to cook properly for me and uh yeah they they uh, there was this thing where they made me put headphones on and the teacher would speak into a microphone so that i could hear because i thought i couldn't <laughs> hear properly or something and yeah anyways i failed and uh so that was really uh, unpleasant and then it kept being bad uh i remember uh, my grade three teacher 
explaining to the class that I was stupid and uh, things like that. And <gasps> it was very, very unpleasant. And then uh, I just kind of struggled along. Uh, eventually, we moved here to Toronto. And I, um, yeah, I went out dropping out of high school for a while. And uh, I did various jobs. I made birthday cakes at Law of Laws for a long time and I worked at a telemarketing <laughs> job and but eventually I went back to school and then uh, you know it went better after after that well a lot better yeah that's did it affect your self esteem did you yourself feel like oh I'm a dumb bad kid or did you just um, I think it was very difficult yeah to uh, uh, to go through that it was very unpleasant you, you don't really know when you're a kid what to make of these things yeah. right I mean I didn't feel like I was a dummy or anything but yeah. uh, at the same time I felt you know, I simultaneously felt like I uh, was intelligent but at the same time I felt very different from everybody else which I yeah. guess is inevitable uh, and uh, yeah I never really felt like I had a lot in common with the kids I didn't play hockey or anything like all the other kids did it out there in Oshawa and so yeah I don't know yeah I think it did affect my self-esteem for a long time yeah were you able to make any good friends in school or in elementary school no not really um Mm. I don't know do people have really good friends in elementary school I guess some do sometimes sometimes they stick around with each other and go all the way through school I I know the people that did I think about them it's (laughs) not not you though (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either. Well, I kind of was a drifter, so I would, like, go from one school to the next. Like, regular, like, uh, elementary, middle school, high school type stuff. But I just enjoyed a new school, like, a new, like, a new personality, basically. Like, I remember going into middle school being like, I'm going to be preppy now. And I made my mom buy me, like, a pearl necklace and, like like Ralph Lauren polo shirts and that lasted a few days so I would always what I'm trying to say is I would always get new friends like I didn't keep them it was like this is an opportunity to reinvent myself meet new people um and then sometimes like I remember there was this one year where I was going to high school and they made they made a Facebook group the kids like this people I went to middle school with and it was basically like an I hate Spencer group because they were like she just dumped us so they were talking about what i did and how i actually did say oh no i'm not going to be friends with you guys anymore when i go to high school because i'm going to make new friends which i shouldn't have said but i guess i was just way too honest and they just like chatted in the group about like how hurt they were which is fair but i was added in wow they added you to the group they added me to the group just so that you would know You had to. Like, it was just like I saw all these messages on Facebook, and then I, you know, blocked it or whatever, and I never talked to them again. (laughs) Wow, that's brutal. So I won. Good. (laughs) So were you a year older than all the other kids going through school then? That's right, yeah. How do they break it to a first grader that you have to repeat the year? They whole didn't. year too. They, wow. uh, they didn't. I just brought home my final report card, and which was always a terrifying moment for me. Mm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just remember my mom sitting stunned, saying, "Oh my God, can they do this? They're gonna, they're gonna hold them back a year." And uh, yeah, that's how I found out. And did she say like, "Oh no, they're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about," or was she just confused by it all? Or? Uh, I think she thought that uh, they were wrong, but 
Yeah, it's hard for me to remember very clearly. It was a long time ago. Yeah. But, uh, Makes sense. Yeah. That's really intense. It's strange. I've been like I've a subject, and that I was able to do in summer school, like like failed a subject before a few, usually math. Um, but I can't imagine. Well, you got through with a lot of bargaining. Yes, I did. That was my thing. It was always like, can you give me one more project that's worth everything? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And what what was baking, or you made cakes at Loblaws? Yeah, I did. Did you do the icing? Good question. Yeah, I learned how to do the little roses and uh, the borders. Oh, stunning. Yeah, it was fun. I had to get up really early in the morning and uh, go in and work with all these bakers and uh yeah this was interesting any did memorable you, cakes did you write the messages like the happy birthdays or the yeah i had to learn how to write the little messages on the cake and uh airbrush with colors there weren't that many memorable cakes it was kind of just a standard series of cakes <laughs> <laughs> i was just imagining one inappropriate cake but was icing the cakes like how you discovered your love of writing oh <laughs> No, I wrote school. I wrote stories in uh, in elementary school about a character named Mr. Miller and uh, his adventures. So I, I always wrote, even in, in elementary school. My my teachers, by and large, didn't like me because I think I was very sorry about that, very rambunctious. Uh, but I had one English teacher who who uh, liked me and who encouraged me to to keep writing these stories. So yeah, I always would, would write when I was young, and uh, I was very accomplished by the time I was writing on the. Uh, the uh, birthday cakes. So. Okay. <laughs> were there any writer, <laughs> any writers as a kid that like were huge influences? That. Uh, yeah, I, um, I I have very very clear memories of reading several books. I remember reading Watership Down when I was in grade six, and uh, I don't know if you guys have read that or not. I'm not. I've an seen a few seconds reader. of the cartoon, but it it uh, it was just uh, an astonishing read, and one of the most powerful experiences I ever had as a kid was just reading this this book, Watership Down, about these rabbits and the adventures they were having. And I, it was a little hard for me, so I just read it a little bit at a time. And then that and Lord of the Flies, I also read in grade six. I remember very clearly. Also, just finding it absolutely terrifying in a way that no movie or TV show had ever been. And uh, yeah, my mother was going to university at the time. Uh, she would she'd go part time. We lived in Oshawa, like I said, and so she would commute in to. Uh, to the University of Toronto, and uh, she worked at the keg as a as a waitress. And so the what that meant was that there were there were a bunch of books in the house, and I remember uh, reading some uh, Hemingway stuff. I read the, the Old Man in the Sea when I was pretty young, which I liked a lot. I remember very clearly my mother read uh, the Myth of Air to me, which is a, a, a at the end of Plato's Republic. There's a myth called the Myth of Air. And uh, I remember being very captivated by that. So that was all very interesting. So, yeah, I would like to read from a pretty young age. And have you uh, introduced your son to Watership Down or any of those? No, he's a little too young. He's only seven, so it'll be a few years. Okay. He'll be like 10 or 11 at least. But then, okay, so you go back, you finish high school, and then you, you studied political philosophy, right? Yeah, I went to the University of Toronto, yeah. and I... Uh, pretty much on my first on my first day it was the second lecture of university I saw this guy Tom Pangle give a lecture about Plato and uh, it was just so uh, 
I was just absolutely blown away. And I just decided that's what I want to do. And I just hmm. threw everything I had into doing that, becoming a professor and uh, being like this guy who I really, really admired. Uh, so that was it. That was the first time. When I came to university, I was extremely excited, but I still didn't have that much of a direction. I kind of was interested in a few things, but I didn't really have any extremely strong desire to do any particular thing until I saw that lecture and then I had a, a very clear direction. And eventually, so you, you ended up at Harvard, right? Like the big, the big school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, so I went to U of T and I uh, got my BA and my MA and then I uh, had a, like I a year off. I you in grade one, what the heck? <laughs> Yeah, and then I went. I got my uh, I got my PhD actually in, in Georgetown in Washington D.C. And so I did that for a few years, and that was really interesting. And I got to to travel around. I got to teach at their campus in uh, Qatar for a year, which was neat. And then I actually wound up teaching for two years at the University of California at Davis. And uh, so it's sort of backwards. But I did a postdoc after I'd been teaching for a couple of years. So then I I got this. I got. Uh, I'd written an article about uh, Benjamin Franklin, and I just yeah. got this email out of the blue from this very senior professor at Harvard saying, I read your Benjamin Franklin article. It's a real gem. You should apply for this postdoc. So I was like, all right. Or he said, you should apply for this postdoc if it isn't too much trouble. And so I applied because it wasn't too much <laughs> trouble. And uh, yeah, so we wound up going there for a couple of years. And uh, yeah, well, it was fun. Did you ever like sit at the Harvard quadrangle and think back to grade one and your mean teachers and yes feel spite <laughs> yes i did yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> did yeah. you ever want to parade around parade around your old school with your diplomas well, my old school's been flattened so it's it's gone oh. so, so i didn't do that so that's so that's even more delicious yeah <laughs> what was qatar like it was interesting i i had an interest in the middle east because uh this was uh I started my PhD program in 2005, and it was still kind of in the aftermath of 9-11, and so there was a lot of interest in academia in the Middle East. So between my MA and my PhD, I'd actually uh, saved up some money, and I went to Egypt for six months, or a little more than six months, and so I was trying to learn Arabic, which I, I took some courses, but I never managed to fully grasp it uh, because I wound up not... Uh, writing my dissertation on what I thought I was going to. But yeah, so I was interested, and I really pushed to get this uh, job in Qatar. Qatar is really different than other Middle Eastern countries. I guess the Gulf is, because it's just... Uh, I think Qatar still has the highest per capita income in the world. It's like 83000 is the medium income. And uh, nice. it's weird. It's a weird, weird place. Uh, full of... Uh, you, almost the first thing you see is like a, a Bentley pulling up to a KFC drive through and it's all like very, very expensive cars. My students drove like Ferraris to class, uh, but they spend, you know, it's lots and lots of fast food. Uh, just just a kind of a bizarre place, but it was a lot of fun. We, did, we could go duning in the desert where you take these uh, Toyota Land Cruisers and you drive up and down the dunes and it's like being in a roller coaster and there's wow. tremendous... Uh, the Middle Eastern food, the actual authentic stuff there was uh, amazing, really, really good. Uh, but you don't, I found it was very, very difficult to get to know any of the Qataris. So even though they were in my class, I had students, the royal families in, in those countries are very large. So I had people from the royal family in my class, but you don't really get to know them. You hear little tidbits about how they have 
summer homes in the desert where they, as kids, played with lions and tigers that their uncles had bought what? for them. It's just like you can't even wrap your head around it. But you're really, it's strange as a North, as a Canadian to go there because you're really in an aristocracy. You know, there's a very, very small number. I think there are only like 150, 200,000 Qataris and then 2 million expats. So the Qataris are at the top of the food chain and then North Americans and Europeans after that. And then it's uh, so Filipinos and Thai people under uh, the North Americans. And then at the very bottom, you get uh, Indians. So it's this very stratified society. And you, you really have a palpable sense of feeling like you're not on top. Like you're, you're very much a subordinate. You've been hired to work. You're a hired worker. That's it. So it's very, it's a very different experience. Would they ever get mad at you for a low grade or? No, but I did catch a member of the uh, royal family uh, plagiarizing, which was fun. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, she you, didn't get did mad. They... She was very contrite and she uh, took it very seriously. And she wound up joining the, I don't know, whatever it was, the, some student organization devoted to teaching kids about not plagiarizing and that sort of thing. So it was good. It was a, it was a good experience. And no, no one ever, ever got so, mad at me. <laughs> she escaped unscathed? No punishment? No expulsion? I can't remember. Probably she got a zero. I don't on the paper. I don't remember exactly. My friend taught ESL in Dubai for a while, and he said one day, one of his Emirati students brought a giant cake to class to celebrate that she just got a new Land Rover or something, <laughs> some fancy new car. So she's like, hey, "Everybody have cake. I got a new car." <laughs> I strive to be like that. You don't have driver's licenses. So. I know, but just have something good that happens to me and be like, everybody celebrate it. <laughs> New car day. Yeah, wow. Oh, Chris, do you still drive your Mustang? Yep, yeah, I do. Chris has a Mustang. Huh. He used to give me rides in it. I know, you said that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I actually got it after coming back from Qatar because uh, they, they, they pay You're you pretty inspired. well. And uh, you, you know, it's great because you don't have to pay for rent or anything. So you just get, yeah. uh, you can save a bunch of there money. Were... So. When I was uh, super depressed, I my go-to plan was Eli teach ESL anywhere, somewhere else. Yeah, leave the country. Leave the country with me. You do everything. I'll do nothing. Mm -hmm. Maybe cook sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely uh, fantasized about leaving and going somewhere really cheap and just taking it easy. Uh, and the idea of having someone else have to do all the work is nice. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Can you even cook, though? <laughs> no. Not even clean the place. Okay, Chris. Why do you know nothing about reality TV? How have you avoided it? Wait, you it? haven't you haven't talked about the babe. Well, I didn't know what order to do it in. Oh, okay. I was gonna fine. do reality TV first. Okay, fine. That's fine. I thought you forgot. Have you never watched any reality TV or just not your cup of tea? No, I, I, I've watched a bit. I, I remember very clearly when Survivor was on TV um, mm -hmm. when it started. I I don't know. I just when I was really working at being an academic I really didn't watch very much TV and uh, then I wanted to get into more creative stuff so I started paying more attention to actors and things like that and, and tried to brush up on these things but I just never really watched uh, actual reality TV we, oh. wa we watch a lot of it we watched a, a lot of fair it it's, bit it's very comforting to us yeah like <laughs> yeah so I, I work in uh, a lot of love Love dating shows. Love dating shows, okay. Not so much The Survivor. Like Big Brother? or I don't really know. No. 
mostly some kind of sexual or romantic aspect. Yeah. Oh, like uh, we like seeing the pretty people up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Although some shows have a much higher caliber of yeah. attractiveness than others. Oh, that's good yeah. to know. Like, and then you see the others, and you're like, "Whoa, what? Are you allowed to be on TV?" No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, was that a big decision for you when you left? You left academia to pursue like your creative writing dreams, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, after uh, after the postdoc, we just decided to move. Uh, I got married, obviously, and uh, my wife was pregnant, and so we decided to to move back here to Toronto and really switch gears. And so, uh, yeah, was that difficult? It was very, just... very difficult. It yeah. was extremely difficult, and uh, it took a long time. And uh, I know a lot of uh, friends and people I've known have uh, really struggled with the same thing. That uh, and it, it's a very, very hard thing because when you're going to be an academic, you really organize your entire life to do that. And the problem, especially with studying something like political philosophy, is you come out with no marketable skills, so to speak. And you had never envis- envis- envisioned yourself going out on the job market trying to find some job, and you have no idea what to do. I mean, I had luckily an idea of what I wanted to do, uh, but yeah. I even like a week ago, I talked to this guy I knew like 10 years ago, and I only knew him a little bit, but then he reached out and he said, I see you left. Can we talk? And so you kind of talk through the, it's a big emotional hurdle to uh, give up that kind of uh, a dream to pursue something else. And it's, yeah, it's really, really difficult. Did you feel like, am I crazy for doing this? Am I making a huge mistake? Or was it just something you had to do? Um, I didn't feel like I was making a mistake. Uh, it was hard, though. It, it's it's difficult. Um, I didn't... I guess I didn't have to do it, but you get tired of kind of bouncing around, like moving all over the place, and uh, yeah. and not, you know, not being sure if it's ever going to pan out, that you're going to get a permanent job somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it was difficult. Do you ever have stress dreams where you're still a professor? Well, you still are a professor, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I'm sort of, uh, I teach part-time, and it's not my own, uh, it's like art history and political science. It's kind of um, not really the stuff that I studied. Well, I have nightmares okay. all the time about other things, but uh, not about that, really, so, no. No, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I really feel like I, I made a yeah. very good decision, and I'm happy that I left. What are your nightmares? <laughs> That'll be a topic for another uh, day. So. <laughs> okay. No nightmares. No nightmares today. Not today. I've been on a good kick where for a long time I haven't had nightmares. Yeah. And I have always suffered from them since I was a kid. But recently, just the past two days, I've started to have some again. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stay away. I like the good dreams. Oh, sorry to hear that. I like the flying dreams. Yeah. It's okay. It just, I thought, I thought it was gone forever. <laughs> Yeah, it's real. yeah, I really did because I've been having so many good dreams. For a while, you would because uh, you were having such constant terrible nightmares. You would right before bed watch like truly horrifically violent, gory images, and then you wouldn't have nightmares. Yeah, kind of helped me get it out of my system. It was like a vaccine. Or if something. you want to try it, <laughs> that's an interesting. Yeah, in the pandemic, when I was feeling you know really not happy, like a lot of people, I I really went on a big binge of uh, horror movies. And uh, it was something comforting about watching that stuff in the night uh, before going to bed, for sure. I really liked, wait, what was the series? Hellraiser. Hellraiser? I really got into that. Really? Still have a few left. It is a little bit hard to understand. Yeah. Cenobites. Cenobites, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So the big topic at hand. Uh Uh-huh. 
So last year I discovered that your son is born not only the same day my mom died, but relatively the same time. And my mom died in the hospital on University Avenue, and your son was born in a hospital just across the street a bit south. Um, and then we met a few years after my mom's death and slash the birth of your son. Do you believe your son is the reincarnation of my mother? Because she grew up in the same neighborhood that, that your son's growing up, too. Well, the, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if he, if he uh, yeah, see, you believe in the transmigration of souls? <laughs> it's pretty freaky, you gotta admit. That idea? Well, the coincidence. Sure. Can a soul cross the street? I mean, I, I think, think so. a soul can go anywhere. Yeah. Souls can Have probably you go floated anywhere. the idea by your wife or by your son? Uh, I didn't float it by my son, believe it or not. Um, okay. <laughs> or my wife. I don't too think much it, to explain. Too much. A little okay. hard to <laughs> understand. <laughs> I will say I saw a TikTok yesterday um, of a little boy saying, and she's like, can you say that again? What did you just say? I'm your daddy. <laughs> And then she's like, what? And then he's like, I'm, or maybe, yeah, I think he's a daddy. And he was saying like, sweetie, I'm your daddy. Like, and she thought that because her, her dad died at the same time, around the same time her son was born. Her son was saying to her, I'm yeah, your daddy. daddy. <laughs> and then he was like, you silly goose. And I was like looking through the comments to see if she, her, her, her dad called her silly goose, but I couldn't find anything. So, yeah, maybe. And then this this spiritual guy was, like, duetting it. And he was like, see? Yeah. This is what it's all about. <laughs> this is how it works. Souls. Your kid looks at you and says, I'm your daddy? <laughs> Why would they say that, of all things? I don't know. But the kid was very, like, calm. When he was saying it, it wasn't like "I'm your daddy." <laughs> it's like "I'm your daddy." Do you ever look at your son and say, "Wow, this guy is similar to like a woman born in 1956"? I don't remember of that ever happening. Okay. <laughs> so, do you believe that, that uh, that's what happened, Eli? Um, well, I'd have to meet him. Well, our our friend Mackenzie suggested doing the Dalai Lama thing of you lay out like. No, a, a you're bunch. gonna like scare. You lay, <laughs> you lay out a bunch of objects, and some are that my mom had when she was alive, and then you let the child pick, and then if he picks objects that my mom owned, then it confirms that he is the reincarnation. Well, are you open to this? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. That's great. Okay, scratch that. I'm glad because I'm not open to it. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, power of chance is very, very strong, so you never know if things are random or not. <laughs> so I can't have, like, an uncle role in your child's life? Well, not on that basis, probably. <laughs> okay. I respect I respect your decision. <laughs> Do you want to hear how my mom was born? Yes. Sure. So she was born into a pretty poor family at St. Mike's, and she says she was born, and the nuns at St. Mike's gave my grandma, like, a $20 bill and said, okay, you take... You take your newborn daughter home in a taxi and then so she says my grandma got in the taxi with her rode a block out of sight of the nuns got out and then got on the streetcar and pocketed the rest of the 20 bucks nice that was for the cab nice <laughs> is that how 
you and your son went home? <laughs> no, no, he no. drove home in the Mustang, actually. <laughs> in a baby seat? In a baby seat, yes. That's good. And then the, Much like, more responsible. Like an extender leg for his baby leg so he could <laughs> go fast. Do you personally have any beliefs as to what happens to us when we die? Reincarnation? Heaven? Nothingness? Uh, um... I don't know. No, I don't have any theories. And I wrote my dissertation on the fear of death, actually, but I don't have any theories with the afterlife. Do you have any insight into the fear of death? It's really scary. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Okay. It's really bad news. That, that's the opening line? That's the, the opening line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's really bad. It's really bad. And you went to Harvard, you say. That's right. But it's the one thing we don't know, right? Like, all of us sitting here, we, unless you have died and come back, then maybe you do know what it's like even but then no, i don't think any of us have died we haven't no once. but it's, no i did feel like a kid that i had memories prior to being born yeah of like being selected i remember telling people that there's like a wardrobe and you view a life that you could have and if you like it you go in the wardrobe and i said that at a really young age that's nice i like that we could have just seen that on television yeah i know like witch in the wardrobe i watched a lot of that like why would i say wardrobe what's that movie the The lion the witch in the the wardrobe i saw that a lot as a kid oh yeah i never saw it but yeah i think that uh narnia there we go narnia narnia (laughs) okay i do think that we we can't know and i think that uh that we don't really understand the human mind all that well and uh i don't think i think rationally speaking you have to say that you don't know you can't just say there's nothing i think that wouldn't be that wouldn't make make that much sense so uh who knows that's nice i prefer that i'm down with that um eli's stepdad is an atheist. He was telling me about it. Was he? Yeah. We visited him this weekend. Yeah. When did this come up? And then he said he would say that he's agnostic to people who go to church, so he doesn't offend them. Yeah. It's it's okay. it's hard to be a real atheist. Uh, people often think they're atheists, but then often they're when not. But... Oh. Actually, my mom was a hardcore atheist like like in the hospital when she she was going through cancer and they send like a social slash spiritual worker and like an interfaith person and they would send her to my mom's room and my mom's like get out i don't believe get out and the interfaith person's like well it doesn't necessarily have to be about religion i just here to talk to you and my mom said get out wow (laughs) <laughs> when I was in the hospital for mental health reasons and someone came like on the religion team, I was like, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> and they only gave me like 10 minutes. And I was like, come on, I'm bored in here. You were starving for inter- attention. Hmm. They didn't like you? Um, I don't know. Okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we'll take a quick break and then come back for you guys to battle head-to-head in a test on reincarnation and reality television. Oh, it's both of them. Very cool. Sounds good. I'm ready. Okay, we'll be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're back. Whoa. <laughs> okay, here's how the test will work. I have five reality TV questions for Chris. Oh. Five reincarnation questions for you, Spencer. Oh. If either of you gets them wrong, the other person can steal for a point. Ooh, okay. And I guess the stakes for the quiz, if Spencer wins, then Chris's son is officially the reincarnation of my mom. <laughs> if Chris wins, I'll drop the subject forever. <gasps> That's a long time. Forever? Okay. Uh, for 10 years. Okay. Okay, that's how. Oh, 11 years. 11 years to when, check back in? When his son is 18 and can make decisions for himself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I'm ready. Question one for Chris. Can you name five Kardashian slash Jenners, their first names? Uh, Kim. Kim. Yep. <laughs> that's it. That's it? <laughs> that's That's it. <laughs> Okay. okay. Can you steal, Spencer? Yes. Kim, Kendall, Kylie, Chloe, Rob Kardashian. You did it. Is Rob? Of Spencer, course. Spencer is Rob the dad? I watched the Kardashian. He's the brother that is like way on the side. Okay. He he used he, he dated Black China for a bit. He did. And I think and it was. They got pregnant and was really. And he had a sock company. Yeah, he had a sock company. He's not on the show anymore. <laughs> I see. He likes being on it. Um. But I did see a joke on the internet. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> That like he's kind of he's like a he's struggled with weight issues. So the joke was that the Kardashian sisters keep him around to use for like butt injections and lip injections. <laughs> they harvest him. They harvest his fat. Wow. Yeah. Was their dad? A, I, I remember seeing that there was a mini series about O.J. Simpson, and I think it was yes. David Schwimmer. Schwimmer was the lawyer, yeah. and he was a was he a Kardashian? Was he their dad? Robert Kardashian. Robert Kardashian. His, uh, her father. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was on that case. And then one year for her birthday, Kanye made a very realistic hologram of her like deceased father for her. I didn't know that. Saying like, "I love you. I'm so proud of you." It was oh. really creepy. That is well, really he creepy. Did that, he did that other weird thing for his music video where he made a bunch of celebrities naked in bed. Well, he's also being incredibly did anti-Semitic. You, you, is he? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Adidas just finally dropped him today. So did his uh, talent that. agency. Yeah. What? Yeah. He is? Yeah, he's saying all sorts of bad things. No. And then when people called him out, he, he really doubled down on it, so he's not... Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he actually literally said, Adidas won't drop me for being anti-Semitic. He said those words. Oops. And then people were pressuring Adidas, <laughs> and he finally did. They finally did today, oh I think. Oh, my God. Famous last words. Did you, did you see Julia Fox at all? Like, his muse? Did you see Uncut Gems? Yes, I saw Uncut Adam Gems. Gems. It was great. She's uh, Adam Sandler's, uh, like mistress in it oh okay she yeah. works at the store i don't remember that well she dated but... kanye for a while oh okay yeah and yeah. she did some cool eyeliner thick black eyeliner <laughs> it became her signature i see okay. are you ready for your first reincarnation question no uh, okay the law of cause and effect which states that one that what one does in this present life will have its effect in the next life what is that called? That law of cause and effect. What one does in this life will have an effect in the next life. It starts with a K, just like karma. Karda- just like the Kardashians. Oh, yeah. If karma. you didn't give me that K, I wouldn't have got it though. That's two. That's two points for you, Spencer. Oh, no. All right. Sounding like 
You know what it's sounding like. <laughs> Question three for Chris. This reality star popularized the expressions, that's hot, and more recently, slithing. No idea. Sorry. Oh my gosh, come on, it's Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I didn't know she was still around. It. What do you mean? She just, she's got in famous slithing. again for slithing. Yeah. Slithing? It's a combination of slaying and living your best life. Oh, okay. Slithing. Slithing. She's really great with her fans. That's something I found out. She's really great with no, her, like, her what? Fans. With her fans. Her fans. Really? Like, I watched a documentary. She has, like, a giant WhatsApp group. She'll, like, communicate with them. She writes them. She, like, sends mail to different fans. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, she might, in the next life, that's a lot of good karma. It's a lot of good karma. Yeah, I mean, true. she also is very wealthy. Yeah. And did she you know that, that. <laughs> Kim was her personal assistant? Kim, Before Kim Kardashian? Kardashian became, yeah. What was that show that they were in where they had We Take Two Girls? Uh, the Something Life? The Simple Life? The Simple Life. Eli, you need to watch that show. It is so good. It I is saw so it when iconic. it aired originally. Yeah, but you didn't like it. Have you ever seen it? No. I don't think so. Oh, it's so funny. They go to small towns and they have to work there. And Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton. And they're at like the prime of the 2000s. Oh, that sounds fun, actually. It's really funny. You're going to make Chris catch the reality TV bug. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's just ridiculous. And they always go for, like, country boys there. And they just chew them up and spit them out. It's amazing. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Are you ready for your questions? Oh, it's mine. Okay. In this religion, the process of birth and rebirth, i.e. transmigration of souls, is endless until one achieves moksha, or liberation, literally release from that process. Moksha is achieved when one realizes that the eternal core of the individual, Atman, and the absolute reality, Brahman, are one. Thus, one can escape from the process of death and rebirth, samsara. What religion is that? Buddhism? Hindu. Whoa. Uh, you want to steal, Chris? <laughs> uh, Christianity. Oh, no, I got Incorrect. it wrong. Hinduism. Wait, what's your official answer? Hinduism. Okay. You knew that anyways, right? Even though I started saying Yeah, it, right? I had an I, I thought so. I think, yeah. Okay, I'll give you a point. I was going to say Dharma. That, I was like, Karma, Dharma, what am I saying? Dharma's Dharma is part Dharma. of that, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, question five. It's 3-1 for you, Spencer. Uh, for Chris. On this show, couples test the bonds of their relationship by separating and living amongst a bunch of sexy singles. Blank island. What is the blank? Blank island. Love sexy island? Sexy singles, couple... Guess, I'm just guessing. That's not the. That's, that's not an the actual show. show. That's that right. is an actual show that we're watching right now. It's different though. It's you're not gonna tempt me, Temptation Island, Temptation baby. Temptation Island. That sounds good. That sounds like a fun premise. It's, it's so good. It's good. It's and sometimes someone cheats right away. Right away. Yeah. <laughs> that's another point for you, Spencer. Four to one. Yay. What's the success you're rate in staying faithful me. in that show? Ooh, uh, what do so you? So many seasons. Does a kiss count? Because sometimes they are unfaithful, but then they still decide at the end to stay, stay together. together. And there was so one couple. How do you define success? There was one couple that, like, he cheated on his girlfriend, and with this new girl, who was on the island, and they're still married. One lady was so cruel to her partner. Oh my god! And then when we found out his backstory, we were like, "What?" Well, they tell you the backstory on the show. Like, she kept like telling him he she couldn't be with him because he wouldn't make a good father. And then he reveals that his own father had committed suicide. Isn't that terrible? Like, Why are you saying that to this guy? Wow, brutal. Yeah. 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 Maybe don't watch Temptation Island. No, do watch Temptation Island. <laughs> All right. Question six for you, Spencer. Oh. 
Although this religion denies the existence of an unchanging substantial soul or self as against the notion of the Atman, it teaches the concept of anatman, non-self. It holds to a belief in the transmigration of the karma that is accumulated by an individual in life. The individual is a composition of five ever-changing psychophysical elements and states, or skandhas, bundles, uh, i.e. forms, sensations, perceptions, impulses, and consciousness, and terminates with death. The karma of the deceased, however, persists and becomes a vijnana, germ of consciousness, in the womb of a mother. The vijnana is that aspect of consciousness that is reborn in a new individual. What religion is that? I'm going to go with my last answer and try it again. Buddhism. Buddhism is correct. Whoa! Good job. And I almost stole Christianity. <laughs> No reincarnation in Christianity. Yeah, because I thought there was no reincarnation. Didn't you say there's no reincarnation in this? In Christianity? In this. Oh, it's a form of it. Oh, okay. it's not. It's just that there's not a soul. Okay. Your karma your, goes like, on? Bundle of, yeah, your germ of consciousness karma goes on. Huh, okay. So you could be like in water? Yeah, yeah I guess. Someone's yelling outside. Someone's yelling outside. Can I check? Yeah, they're fine. Okay. I have an uncle, actually, Can who's Buddhist. I heard a little bit, but... Okay. <laughs> Your uncle's Buddhist? Yeah, my uncle, my wife's uh, uh, uncle, so I guess my uncle-in-law, I don't know what that's called, <clears throat> is a Buddhist, and uh, yeah, he's very interesting. He told me this one thought that stuck with me. He said, uh, for a Buddhist, you, uh, you know, bad thoughts might enter into your head, but you don't have to, it's like birds flying in the air. They might land, but you don't have to make a nest for them. You can just let them keep going, which I thought that's that was lovely. nice. I like that. I'll remember that. You don't have to make a nest for them. Yeah, just let them Aww. keep going. Just go. Don't dwell. You're a pigeon. You're ugly. Get out of here. <laughs> Shoot. You, you had that in one of your books, one of your like DBT books of like just picturing like the negative thoughts as like a cloud. Yeah, I didn't find that helpful. And you can, this one I blow find more helpful. Okay, birds. Birds. Birds, man. Yeah, I liked it. Don't ruminate. Okay. Just let or, them go. Or I got so. it. I'll think of Scruffy chasing after a bird because he loves birds. Scruffy's our dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he's my tattoo. Oh, nice. Cool. It's hard to see. I can see him. It's a new dog. It's a new dog. Three months. Three months. Wow. Well, he's six months old. He's six months old, but we've had you him, got him for three months. months. You have, you've had him for yeah. three months. Yeah. Yeah. If you follow me on Instagram, all you'll see is Scruffy. It's, uh, all right. it's, a, it's a disease. <laughs> okay, Chris. You ready for another question? I'm ready. Over 14 U.S. seasons and nine international spinoffs, RuPaul's Drag Race franchise has introduced over 400 drag queens to the world. Can you name three? No. <laughs> no. I, when I told okay. you I didn't know about reality TV, I really don't know anything about it. <laughs> Priyanka. Right. Priyanka, okay. Uh, I'm just trying to think. There's someone's name that I want to say. Um, wow, I can't believe I'm... Okay, Priyanka. Spencer! Bag of chips. Okay. And oh, oh, Alaska. That's who I wanted to say. All right, six to one for Spencer. I could have. Okay. Now a question for you, Spencer. In Buddhism, the cycle of rebirth is a source of dukkha. What is dukkha? I don't know. Do you want to guess? Dukkha is similar to karma. Um, it's. If you do something now, it will come back to you later, whether it's good or bad. That's karma, isn't it? I know, but I'm just I'm just guessing what dukkha is. I'm like, it's another name for karma. <laughs> do you have an answer, Chris? I don't. I don't know what dukkha is. 
It's a uh, pain or suffering. I was oh, gonna okay. say taking a poop. The constant cycle of rebirth causes us pain and suffering. You take a <laughs> Don't be offended to the Sanskrit. Oh, sorry. Right. That sounds like okay. I get it. I get it. Okay, last question for you, Chris. Okay. What show on TLC follows couples who've applied for or received a K-1 visa available uniquely to foreign fiancés of U.S. citizens and therefore have 90 days to marry each other? What's that show called? What is that show called? I love seeing your face every time (laughs) you get asked. It's so funny. It's like someone blew wind on your face. 90-day fiancé. Oh, you know what? That's interesting. I should know that one. Um, uh, It was, was, I think it was... um, the executive producer was Jason Sarlanis, who is now the head of uh, all true crime stuff on Discovery Plus and Investigation Discovery. Oh. And he was on the show I was just working on. He was actually vetting all the stories we were proposing doing. And uh, so that was his show. But I never saw it. And what was your role on the show? I was the an associate producer. So you would like research? Or? I did research, pre-interviews, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, so you talked to a lot of people, crime victims? uh, That show is called Who the Bleep Did I Marry? Uh, uh, So it just has just started airing in the U.S. And it's all about people whose spouses were living double lives. So sometimes there were a lot of time there were crimes. Yeah, like your your husband was a serial rapist or, uh, (gasps) you know, all kinds of. Yeah, or your wife got mad at you and hired a hitman to kill you, and then the police found out, and they did a big sting, and uh, so they have these women, and the policeman who's an undercover hitman shows a picture of the, they got the husband to fake his death, and like, here he is, he's dead, and the woman's like, yeah, all right. Oh my gosh! (laughs) I think I've seen that lady. There's a few. You would be shocked at how often that happens. (laughs) Wow. This sounds like a really entertaining show too like a dark entertainment to it yeah it was kind of dark and interesting it was fun it was definitely a fun show wow okay so are you ready for the final question i hope so in jainism what's the worst i don't know what jainism is it's a religion from india oh okay what's the worst thing to be reincarnated into hmm the worst yeah a bug uh no, Naraki. Wait, don't say it. Okay. Well, I don't know. Do you have a guess? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Keep forgetting. Uh, Naraki, which are hell beings. Hell beings. Oh, so like a Cenobite. Exactly. Cenobites. Yeah. Which we're going to see the new Hellraiser. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, so I think you won, Spencer. Seven to one. So you have a mother I have still. Proof. I have proof. You have a sun mother. <laughs> My mother's spirit guided us in this quiz. Very nice. I think yes. Jane's. I think are they the one? They have a broom that they often walk and they sweep the ground in front of them for fear of uh, stepping on bugs. Oh, so my bug guess was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh. They're very very concerned with uh, with uh, killing any Life. living creature. Yeah. Oh. Are they, they're vegetarian. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Although I I can't Should say for vegan? sure, but that seems to make sense. My dad became a vegetarian vegan as an adult. And he told me a story once about where he grew up taking a red ant and a black ant that are like uh, mortal enemies and making them fight to the death. And he was t- as a kid, he did it. And then he was telling me as an adult about it and sort of like choking up <laughs> and being really guilty about it. Wow. <laughs> One time I cut up a worm so many times because I was like, it's got lots of hearts and I do feel bad about it. 
so I shouldn't how, laugh. How many times? Like six. How many times can you cut up a worm until it dies? It, it lived for a long time. Unless it just... Maybe continue. it's just its reflex. Uh. Maybe it's just squiggling. Every time I cut it, I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like crying. And then I would <laughs> keep going. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I have to. <laughs> Why do you have? To? It's for science. Uh, okay. Spencer's oh, it... science corner. No, it was just was it for backyard. class or just for your own. No, uh, my your own scientific <laughs> investigations. Yeah, hearing that they had a bunch of hearts, I was like, Did you ever kill a bug, Chris? I'm sure I've killed a number of bugs. Yes, my wife has arachnophobia, so I'm obliged to uh, not escort wow. the spiders out of the house. Kill them. With kindness. And she wants to see them die? Yeah, she doesn't want them coming back in. Okay. I have a big theory about bugs. If you tell, if you, if there's a fly or a wasp, and if you say, you're ugly, go away, no one likes you, they'll feel the energy and they'll leave you. Like, you embarrass them. You make them feel, like, bad. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on that note, we should say goodbye to Chris. Okay. But we like you. We like you. Oh, well, and thanks, thanks so much. we like your brain. I like you guys, too. You're smart. <laughs> Smarty pants. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Well, thanks very and much. Thank you, you for too, yeah. b- being a part of giving birth back to Nancy. Absolutely. Yes. It's my pleasure. Every now and then, just sort of whisper Nancy around <laughs> okay. your son. Let's see what happens. <laughs> One ear, Nancy. Other ear, Nancy. That's right. <laughs> I'll give it a okay. try. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.